Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm Valeria and I will be hosting this series. Each episode will have a special guest who will share their story of success as well as their career advice and industry insight. Today's guest is Ashley Feinstein Gersley. She is an author and the founder and CEO of The Fiscal Femme, a company on a mission to help women get wealthy through financial coaching. As a trusted money expert, Ashley has been featured by Forbes, NBC, Glamour, and The New York Times, among others. Today, I'll be having a quick chat to gather some money tips and find out how she got started in her career. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How are you doing? Of course. I'm doing well. Thank you, first of all, because I know you're super busy, so I really, really appreciate it. And I just want to jump right in and have you introduce yourself and get to know more about what you do and how you got started in the finance world. Yeah, I'd be so happy to share. So I, um, my name is Ashley Feinstein Gersley. I founded a company of the Fisc- called The Fiscal Femme. And I got started, so I started this company essentially because I needed it myself. I studied finance in college and then I worked in finance and still knew nothing about my own money and thought, wow, if I don't know about this, then who does? And it, I found out most of us don't because we don't learn about it. We can't talk about it. We have so much working against us when it comes to money. And so that's kind of my journey. And I, um, when I was figuring it out, I saw that a lot of the resources out there were pretty daunting, boring, um, written from the perspective of an older white man. And so I had a different voice and was excited to share my journey and what worked for me and kind of built from there. Yeah, and I that's what I really enjoy about your brand and kind of how I came across you on Instagram is because you discuss and share financial advice and like things about the finance industry in general in a really approachable way using like memes and parody videos and things that like actually make sense because like you said um, most of the rhetoric that we hear from like the finance world is very kind of like glossed over to where you can't you feel like you don't understand it if you don't have a background in that yeah it's like it's really like a different language and if you spoke in French to me, I wouldn't understand it. And so because it's different words that we're not used to and a different language. And so I think there's that. And there's like the, some of us, maybe if we sat down and wanted to research everything, but there is this feeling of being kept out of a club, you know, like people don't really want us to understand what's going on sometimes. So um, my, I'm so glad that you said that. And that is how the work is coming across because my goal is to make it accessible, fun and and relevant because when things are applied to our lives, like money touches every area of our lives. So we can talk about it in ways that are, that feel a lot more relevant than just talking about the numbers themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned that your inspiration behind starting the Fiscal Femme was your own experiences. And I would love to learn a little bit more about what led to your motivation to help empower other women financially. Yeah. So 
here's what it looked like. So I studied finance. I went into investment banking. So I was working in finance. I learned a ton and met amazing people, but the lifestyle was really rigorous. So on average, I worked till like midnight. I ate all my meals at my desk. I, when I met my friends, you can ask them, they had, I had to meet them in groups of three or more so that if last minute I had had to bail, they weren't just alone sitting wherever (laughs) we were without me. Um, I know. And so I, I knew I wanted to get this on my resume and really learn. And, um, but I was ready to leave the program after two years, which is, was my plan all along. And I got a corporate finance job. So doing something very similar, but now on the company side and I was going to have a much better lifestyle, but take a pay cut and wouldn't get those like big investment banking bonuses anymore. And I just imagine me. So both of my jobs were in New York city, but I had been in New York city for two years and hadn't really gotten to experience it. And so as soon as I started this new job, I made up for a lost time. I met all my friends for drinks and dinner and did workshops and concerts and took French classes and like did everything that even was a tourist in my own city that I hadn't had that chance. And in the back of my head, I knew that my finances weren't looking great, but I was kind of like in denial and ignoring it. And then one day I just sat down at my desk and I logged into my bank account and I saw that almost all of my bonus was gone. I quit the day after I got my bonus and in just a few months it was almost gone. And that meant my lifestyle was completely unsustainable. And I would have to figure this out or I was going to have to go back to my previous job or or a job that makes more money and kind of give up the lifestyle. And so many of us do this, but it just felt like giving up, having to make a career decision just felt really powerless, especially when it wasn't the one I wanted to make. And I know we, a lot of us have to do that. And, um, it just, it was a kind of a light bulb moment that power was being able to make the choices that I wanted with my career. And later when I left that job to run the fiscal fund full time. That was a job, like decision and a life choice, career choice that I could do because of money. I had to have enough money saved up in order to self-fund the fiscal fund. So those feelings of were so powerful when I was able to kind of choose my career based on what I wanted to do, what I thought would be the most um, fulfilling and exciting in order to, and I could do that because the money supported that. And so my, my mission with the fiscal fem is to get women wealthy and allow them to design their life because they can financially and leave people in jobs when they want, invest in the things that are important to them and just make choices because it's something that they want to do, not because money. Yeah. And that's super important. You mentioned that, you know, once you quit your first job and found a new job, you were like enjoying like more time in the lifestyle that you now had. And so I feel like a lot of people struggle with finding the balance between enjoying and indulging. So what (laughs) is some advice that you have for people to still do the things that they want to do, but avoid, you know, spending too much on it? Yeah, so this is actually, yeah, it makes complete sense. And this is something that um, I take people through a lot in my book, The 30 Day Money Cleanse, because it's all about, Spending less money for whatever goals we have, that could be to pay down debt, to build our rainy day fund, to invest, to buy a house, whatever it is. But we, we create more room for those goals without giving up the things we love and actually making our lifestyles a little bit bigger. So a lot of times when 
where, and in that case with me in the city and my second job, there's a lot of spending that's happening. That's not even meaningful. It's money that, um, might not be some going to things that I enjoy. It's just out of habit. It's just because I'm not aware. So I think a really powerful exercise is first of all, awareness. So where is that money going? And it, and it sounds simple, but right now with technology where it is, like it is so easy to just disconnect with our spending. Like I took an Uber, um, on Sunday and I didn't even have to pay, right? You just hop in and out. Mm-hmm. I bought a book on Amazon. I hit a button. I swipe my credit card. That feels so much different than handing over twenties. So, um, reconnecting with our spending, seeing where it's going and then seeing if like really taking an honest look and saying, is this, my, is this spending actually bringing joy to my life? Because it's interesting when you talk about indulging versus, um, enjoying, like it's, it's a win-win in a lot of ways because when we do things less frequently, they actually become more special. And so you might notice that some of your, like the habits that you're in aren't even feeling like a treat anymore. They're just kind of like an expectation or they're not as exciting when it happens. But, um, and that might be a sign to step back and do it something less frequently to make it more special. And then you'll also be spending a lot less money. I relate to what you said about, you know, you don't really see where your money's going when everything is digital and I know a lot of my friends like after we go out we'll we'll just say the next day oh just don't look at your bank account it's fine so that you don't have to worry about it but actually putting like numbers to a week or a month is actually something that can really benefit people in the long run I know that you mentioned your book the 30-day money cleanse it's your guide to managing spending and so I'd love to know what the process was like writing that book and what the feedback has been like for you Yes. And just to to your statement about uh, knowing where the money's going, like we want, we work hard, we want to enjoy some of our money. And so it's definitely a balance. And when you read my book or you're getting my weekly emails, it's not about staying home and eating ramen and not doing anything fun. It's like, okay, what are are the things I'm purchasing now were the trade-offs of the other things that I want. And so really honestly balancing that and there's no one right way to do it. So I, I can take people through exercises to help them get really clear on it. But at the end of the day, there's no right or wrong answer. It's their choice. What is actually bringing the most joy to them in the short and long term. Um, so the money cleanse, the, um, the money cleanse actually has a funny story. I, I knew I wanted to create a program because when I started the fiscal femme, I, I started by sharing my own journey and then I started to help people. I got certified as a coach because I found that the numbers are really important and we don't get educated about about finance and how all the numbers work. But mm-hmm. even once we know what we're supposed to be doing, we often don't do it. And that's where the emotional and behavioral side of money comes in, which is a lot like food. Like diets are very simple. It's calories in, calories out, money in, money out. Um, but if it were that simple, we wouldn't have billion dollar dieting industries. So long story short, saw clients was saying things to them over and over again and thought, you know what, this can be more accessible to more people because there's only one of me, there's only so much time I have, um, and I want more people to be able to benefit from this. And so I invited some of my friends over that were entrepreneurs just to ask them to brainstorm with me. Mm -hmm. And I gave them food and I said, all right, can you help me brainstorm? I want to create a program. And one of my friends was on his phone, like texting furiously. And I said, hey, you're supposed to be helping me. What are you doing? 
And he said, oh, I just ate a cupcake, so I have to confess this to my food cleanse group. And I thought, oh, interesting. Like, tell me more about this food cleanse group. So it was kind of combining this food cleanse idea with some of the lessons that I was sharing an exercise I was doing with clients over and over to create the mini cleanse. And it came out as a course first. And then um, that was about six years ago or five years ago. And then it was so successful in a course format, the, the average person saved $950 in the 30 days. Wow. Yeah. And the, and most of them reported that they didn't even feel deprived at all. So we that's why we were really excited to turn it into a book and it's kind of the story. And it came out last January and it's been so much fun to have it in the world. That's awesome. And so the food cleanse was a little bit of your inspiration. And I also know that something that you've talked about before is keeping a money journal. And I know a lot of people keep food journals. So I can kind of see how like that process of like taking the time to write things out instead of just like keeping it in your head really helps you visualize and then kind of take action onto what you're spending. Right. Yes. And people have such big realizations with the money journal. Mm -hmm. They might not realize they spent something or they might be like, it's not even worth writing it down. So why would I buy that? You know, so it's really cool, but it's different for everyone. But I'm a big fan of at least for a period of time, keeping that money journal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, in addition to the 30 day cleanse, I would love to know like a little bit about some of the other resources and services that you all provide at the Fiscal Fund that help people manage their money? Yes, I'd be happy to share. So I am excited to share that at the Fiscal Femme, we have a lot of great free resources. Um, and it's thefiscalfemme.com. We have some amazing guides. So we have guides that teach you how to invest. We have a savvy investor guide that is so amazing. It's like very in-depth and but also approachable. And there's really no prerequisite knowledge about investing needed to dig into that. We have a save a thousand dollars this month guide, a 48 hour makeover guide. So just really a seven day jumpstart guide. So lots of great, um, guides to get you started. And then we also have some great, um, tools. We have like a debt tracker that helps us keep inventory of our debt and decide how to pay it down and to track our progress. And we have, a happiness allocation tool, which is a budgeting spreadsheet. And um, so really fun tools on there and guides. And then something I'm so proud of is we send out a weekly newsletter called The Money Musing, which we call a textbook's worth of knowledge in two minutes. And it's fun in addition to being a textbook's worth of knowledge and gives a money tip of the week and a little story from me and just something I think you got to see that's happening either in the news or a resource or something like that. So that goes out every Wednesday. And um, so I can share links for all the guides and the money using as well. Absolutely. So your role at the Fiscal Femme is a CEO and money coach, correct? Yes. So what exactly does that entail? What is your like day to day kind of look like? Yeah. So my, I think like what is the best way for me to spend my time is in our methodology. So either talking about what we do, giving tips, like actually the helping of people and their finances, whether that's, I do a lot of workshops, classes, um, creating our courses and our content. And I, I coach people as well. So I spend, I spend most of my days creating like essentially the content that helps people with their money. Mm -hmm. Um, and then 
yeah, that's really how I spend my day. Then and more and more as we've been able to grow, it's been amazing to be able to do more and more of what I love the most and what I'm best at and let go of when you're an entrepreneur, especially when you're starting, you kind of do everything <laughs> for better or for worse. So um to really get to hone in and do this part of it has been amazing. So how other ways that we work. So we have the book, um, we have courses different money courses, including the 30 day money cleanse, that one's still available. And we have one financial adulting, tackle your debt and the savvy investor. And then I um, see clients one-on-one as well. Obviously you're a very busy person. How do you find a balance between your role at the company and then also still have time for yourself and, you know, family, friends, all of that? Yeah. So I was really bad at that. Um, <laughs> you might've heard the term covering investment banker. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know if it's like our culture, right? College or like my first job out of school, it was my first internship was in banking. And so it's kind of like a culture where the more you get done, the more you work, the better. And that really stuck with me. And when I, it's kind of ironic that I made myself my own boss to have freedom. And then I kind of worked myself <laughs> into the ground or around the clock. Um, and kind of, even though I was doing something I was more passionate about, I was definitely still working just as hard, if not harder. But I, I was forced to not do that um, when I had my son. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool because I was a, I might have still some control freak tendencies, but I had a really hard time delegating at first because your business is your baby. Like you, it's like, no one can do this as well as me. Meanwhile, you do tons of things or I did tons of things where I made I, other people could have done them much better. Um, but I knew I had to get someone on my team in order to take some type of maternity leave. Otherwise the business like was only relying on me. And I, I didn't know what it would be like to have a child and would I be able to, when would I, could I work or up for working? So, um, I ended up, it was like a forced delegation and, at the time, I really thought I'd take the back most of the things that I shared with this new team member, and I didn't. It was like the best thing ever <laughs> to have um, support around that. Mm-hmm. So I think that was like one of the amazing lessons was to to just kind of let like trust someone else, let go of the outcome, and she does so many things way better than I ever could. Um, and then I think like childcare is kind of the barrier now or like the buffer. So I can work during naps on the weekends, but otherwise, like if, if, and I try to create my hours around like when I want to spend time with my son. So we do a nanny share with, um, another kid and at that cutoff time, I'm full on with our family time. So I think it's been nice to have, um, built-in boundary for me because I definitely needed that. Yeah. But you know, and looking back, I really wish I like my time is no much, no more important now than it was. I should have created that for myself earlier. And I, um, so I would recommend regardless if you're like have a family, no family single in a relationship, like you deserve to have balance. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little easier when there's like a little, toddler carving that time out (laughs) (laughs) I'd recommend carving it out regardless for sure so how big is your team now at the fiscal femme we have so I would say like on a 
my chief of staff is probably like me and my number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the one that I hired for my maternity leave. And, um, so she's incredible. She does a lot of our marketing and, um, just kind of keeps everything running that, that is not in my wheelhouse. Um, and then on an as needed basis, we have different people we can work with for graphic design and video and, um, different marketing things for writing if we want, but those are just more on, um, various projects as needed. Very cool. So what are some goals that you have, not just for yourself, but also for your team and your company and where you see the fiscal femme going in a couple of years? Yeah, such a good question. Um, so what's really important to us, I think right now is growing our impact So, you know, I highlighted a lot of the free guides, but part of making this accessible is to have lots of great um, information available at low to no price points. So um, impact is super important to us and growing our community is really important. So definitely focused on that. We had our first in-person money party um, last week, which was so fun. So I have every person, I do it myself and I have every person I work with have money parties, which is time set aside to look at your finances. It's like, how did my spending go? What mm-hmm. came in? What went out? What are my goals? Do I have any like financial to-dos that are hanging over my head kind of thing? But I reframe it as a party because it's not something that we look forward to usually. And so we can make it fun. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm having everybody do these things called money parties. Like, why don't I host one? And so we had a group of incredible women come together. We had a money playlist. We had, we popped champagne and had like desserts and we all ran our numbers together and it was so cool. So that's amazing. Yeah. I really want to do that. And, um, I think it should be a monthly thing wherever we do it. And I would love it to grow to many other cities. So that's kind of a big vision goal for 2020 for us. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of selling finances or financial tracking as something so fun. So I think I could see why people would keep going to that. Right. And it's fun. You get to connect with awesome people. And then the cool part, another cool part is that if you sign up and you go, you know, you'll get this done. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, okay, that's off my plate every month. I don't have to worry about it. Because if I just go to Ash's money party, it's going to get done. (laughs) Yeah. And you can get some food and champagne. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So I know that you have like an entire pool of information when it comes to um, managing finances and saving, but I'd love it if you could just share like a few of your best tips for people who are just entering the workforce and maybe are not super familiar with how to manage their finances. Yes. Okay. So for first, for those of you entering the workforce, so it's, it's so much about action because I think we talked about how daunting the language can be and how we want to like, we could read and read and not do anything forever, but we learn from doing. So I would recommend that, and I can go through a few of my favorite tips, but regardless, I'd recommend downloading my seven day jumpstart. So what it is, it gives a step you can take for seven days per day. So one step a day for seven days, but you don't even have to do that. What I would say is read, read it over. The steps are short. And then choose one step. I'd choose one that just sounds the most manageable or the one you're most excited about. And then commit to taking that step within the next 48 hours. Because 
when we take an action, no matter if it's small or large, like we have a win and then you'll see, oh, that felt good. That was fun. I see a result from that. Now what's the next step? And so it kind of snowballs into us doing more for our finances. So definitely recommend downloading the guide, reading through it and choosing one step. Um, Or even if as we were talking, as you're listening to the conversation, you think of a step that would be helpful to take or one of the ones I talk about now. So I would highly recommend for anyone just starting out to definitely keep the money journal. If it sounds really daunting and all it is, is writing down what you spent, like what the item is and how much it was. Um, a lot of people forget to do it at first. That's okay. It's a new habit. So give yourself, like, don't give up as soon as it's not perfect. I think that's something we do to ourselves. Um, and if it sounds daunting to do for a month, like just do it day by day and say, okay, I'm going to try it for a day. How did that go? The other thing to do right off the bat is to pay yourself first because I've done this many times. Like I just need to earn more and then I'll finally start saving money. And then I earn more and then hope that there will be money left over to save because I got a bigger paycheck and there's never money left over to save. So, and then I think, oh, if I just earned a bigger raise, then it would finally work. But the truth is we... We typically make decisions based on what's available in our bank account, consciously or subconsciously. And if we just earn money, live our lives, pay our bills, pay everyone else first, essentially, there's for most of us, there won't be money left over to save. There mm-hmm. are a few unicorns out there who can, but I've only met a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm a big fan of getting the money out of our account. So how do we pay ourselves first? We set up an automatic transfer to a separate online savings account so that the money's transferring automatically just like it is for any other bill because we're just as important as any other bill, but it's not in our account so that when we log in, we don't see it and it's not just available for us to just take out. Yeah. And you can get it in two days if you wanted to, but it's more about the not logging in and seeing it there. It doesn't feel like it's there. Mm -hmm. And for those of us just starting, like, I was there like, I'm just living paycheck to paycheck. I can't save, right? And so don't be afraid to start with a really small number. If it's $5 a paycheck, have that transfer automatically to the savings account and then put it in your next money party. Like check in, how did it go? Did I even notice it? And if I didn't notice it, maybe I should double it and try 10 and see how that goes. So um, I'd say getting conscious of where our money's going with the money journal and then starting building that habit of um, just committing to paying ourselves first. And as soon as we do that, we are savers. And that's a very big mindset shift. What's best about it is that it's, like you said, it's easy to incorporate. You can start small and then build up as, you know, as you see how you're progressing. Yes. Okay. So I don't want to take too much of your time. I have a few questions left that are kind of like, um, off the top of your head questions and they're money related. Perfect. So what is the best investment you ever made? So the, the first thing that comes to mind is renter's insurance. <laughs> um, I, so I had renter's insurance. I made a big mistake with it by not putting my roommate on the policy, which is free to do and everybody should do if they have roommates. Um, but I ended up leaving a purse in a taxi cab once and it was stolen. And so I lost all of this makeup, 
the handbag was a gift. It was like my mom had a really nice bag and it just hurt her back. So she gave it to me. So it was like a lot. I think it ended up if we added everything, um, in repurchasing everything, it was $2,400 and the renter's insurance company covered it. So I had like a hard drive and I don't know, it was a big bag. So it had so much in it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, and it was, I think we paid at the time $200 a year for renter's insurance. And so that really was a good, um, investment. Awesome. Okay. Next one is what is a guilty pleasure that you splurge on? Mm, that was a good question. First, I'm just doing the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I buy really expensive salad dressing. <laughs> I don't and think I I've ever heard that. I love Primal Kitchen Caesar dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it depends. I think it's getting less expensive as they grow. I was get, had to get it on Amazon before, and now it's in Whole Foods. Um, but I, dr- I pretty much drink it, so we go through pretty fast. It's probably... <laughs> adds up to a lot of our grocery bills. That's better than spending on like cupcakes or something. Yeah, I think it's like six or seven dollars a bottle and I but I think I use it pretty quick, like two a week. <laughs> okay, the next one is what is an item that you regret purchasing? Or like the last item you regret purchasing? That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Um I guess if you don't have anything, you're doing something, right? <laughs> no, that, that's the part. Like, I definitely have purchases I regret. I remember, but I'm, yeah, I wish I could, I'm, like, having a block. That's but okay. I, I definitely still make tons of mistakes, so I don't want it to be like that. It's usually something that, like, because I didn't plan, like, for example, if I'm going to a friend's house and I'm want to bring something that I get on the go instead of planning and doing something more thoughtful when I'm at the grocery store. And then it's like, not as good. It was so much more expensive. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Something convenient. Yeah, I think the last one I brought like all these vegan desserts to <laughs> my tribe meeting and they weren't that good. And it was like a very expensive thing. So maybe that was my last one. There you go. Yeah. Okay. And finally, Ashley, I would love it if you could let people know where they can find you and your company online, on social media, all of that good stuff. Yes. You can find me at the fiscalfem.com. That's our company website. And we're on all social at the fiscal fem. And so I'd love, I'm, we're probably most active on Instagram. But, yeah, um, I love y'all's but- Instagram. Thank you. Yeah, we have so much fun with it. And very informational, which is the most important part. Yes, that's important. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your day. And thank you again for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Of course. Sorry I have to run. But um, it's it's such a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again to Ashley for being on the podcast. Thank you to everyone listening. And I hope you join us in our next Office Chats episode. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.